Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Cowboy Tank! Dan Campbell is today's guest on the Greenlight Podcast. You saw a couple clips on YouTube already, and he brings the energy. He brings the excitement. He talks about the Detroit Lions 2023 NFL draft class, the win streak the Lions ended the 2022 NFL season on, some of the Lions players he's excited to watch coming into their second, third, and fourth years with the team, and why he drinks so much dang caffeine. We're going to start with Chris Kylan Macon doing an off-site recording. We recorded this at the Birdwood Golf Course at Boar's Head Resort before the Chris Long Foundation Golf Tournament this week. So a couple guys huddled around a couple mics in a boardroom. We had a good time. We talked derby, what we would name our horses, and which jockeys we would have ride them if we were horse owners entered in the derby. We just had a good little bit of fun before Dan. So y'all enjoy. Enjoy your sex. gonna be honest i'm too busy to do my fucking job right now which is this podcast so i hope you guys have a lot of good ideas we got you buddy i mean i had one idea about the kentucky derby but that's it let's hear it then first, Run with your fastball. first your moment of silence okay we should say what the moment of silence is for before we why don't you just keep do it down the, for like five seconds yeah dude, we'll it's about the horses not you so we had some equestrian losses and we wanted to acknowledge that in silence form the Kentucky Derby, man, it's uh, it's a lot of pageantry. It's beautiful. It's uh, the who's who of the sports world. By the way, Patrick Mahomes triple crown this week. That, he goes, unbelievable. He goes. Uh, what did he do? He Met went Gala. Met Gala, Kentucky Derby, F one. F one. Hung out with the Red Bull car. Yeah, guys, a legend. Okay, but a lot of horses died this weekend, which is a common occurrence at a horse race. I saw one get put down at Foxfield. Oh, really? Yeah. Are yeah. the racers not small enough? Maybe we need smaller racers. Like kids. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's more the horses running at an unnaturally fast speed. Well, it looks pretty natural. Over get, here, getting a Joe Theismann. It's one of the last things out there that's all natural. Joe Theismann situations left and right. I'd like to, if there's a petition out there for the Kentucky Derby to get shut down, I would do it. I agree. I think we should do away with horse racing in general. Also, the Isle of Man. You know oh, what the Isle no, of Man they're not gonna. They're not gonna stop the Isle of Man, TT. You know what? Yeah, it's okay. Isle of Man is literally called the Isle of Man. Have you heard of the Isle of Man? No. Isle of Man's an island in the UK, I guess. It 
Isle of Man. Yeah. Well, it literally is because, yeah. like, you have to be, and pardon the uh, misogynist trope here, but you got to be a man. Mm. Uh, these cars are going, it's a racetrack. These cars are going 200 plus miles an hour around blind turns since 1905. It will be like 65 deaths yeah, yeah. at the Isle of Man racing club. It would be like if there was a motorcycle race of 200 plus miles an hour on Garth Road. Um, Is it motorcycle or car? It's a motorcycle. Okay, well, it makes it There's motorcycles, way. there's side-by-sides where there's a guy riding and there's a guy in a little sidecar leaning to make sure that they don't tip over. Um, people die every year, and it's not a racetrack. It's a, it's a road that they turn into a racetrack. There you go. And there's houses that are inches away from these motorcycles as they fly by. You should look at some of the videos when we're off. Do, do the motorcycles ever go through, like, people's living rooms? Dude, all the time. Like, shit happens yeah. where there's just fireballs. But the thing about the Isle of Man is the, the men are saying, hey, if we die, we die. You know, the horses can't say that. They don't even know what they're doing. This is the thing about horse racing that drives me crazy. It's like, do the horses even know what's going on? You know, Secretariat wins a race. Does Secretariat know that Secretariat won a race? I think sometimes it all is about who's riding that horse and who trains them and who teaches these horses what's going on situationally. Like, like uh, Bob Baffert. So, I mean, that's important. Who would ride your horse? But I is think yeah. the horse right. names was cool, too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of horse names out there that are interesting. Okay, did y'all watch the Derby? I no. didn't. I was okay, at a wedding. I, but here we go. I was playing Let's in it. Talk I was about playing it. golf. Okay, my question to you guys was, if you were a horse, what would you call yourself and who would your jockey be? Hmm. I have a list of about uh, a baker's dozen. Okay. Should I just run through them? Run through them. Asunder. Now, I was at a wedding this weekend, as I, I just said. Asunder means uh, apart or divided, as in I'm, I'm tearing this course, this track apart. Asunder. Okay, now. Those whom, hold on. Those whom God <laughs> hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Mm-hmm. Asunder, it rhymes with thunder. Yep. Yeah. You can't you just see it on the board there? A sunder. I can see it. It's sure, yeah, twelve yeah, yeah, to one. Yeah, I went in a different direction. It's horsey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know how everybody, if you have a dog, it's probably named Bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a cool name for a dog. You know. Yeah. How about uh, like cow for a horse? Yeah. Or like duck or pig. Or pig. Mm-hmm. Okay. Entire section of those. Um, I have here uh, horsey, <laughs> which I think is pretty good. Yep. Mm-hmm. For a horse, mm-hmm. I also have uh, six foot four. You know, it's a fun one. Okay, because they go by hands. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got a got a couple of uh, uh, friends in uh, Crozet, Virginia, who own an ice cream shop. It's called Crozet Creamery. Mm-hmm. How about Crozet Creamery? You know, mm-hmm. take it. Then maybe the the horse wins the race. Mm-hmm. Stud fee jokes mm-hmm. right themselves. Here's one. June bug, it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Good name for a horse, mm-hmm. you know, or a kid. Huh? I've heard that. Rabbit run, probably been done. Shout out to John Updike. Rabbit run. Yeah, I have a dog named uh-huh. named Rabbit. Making strides, making M A C O N. Okay. Mm-hmm. These suck. These um, are very horsey though. Like, okay. Okay. Very like at the track, you would hear. Here these. you go. Nay, 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 nay. Goodbye. That one works. Like these are, real. and it's nay, 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 nay. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Buy a nose. You like that one, huh? Okay. Okay. I think that's about it. So I, I too have a list of horse names before I go riders because I didn't couple the riders with the names. But uh, the first one, 
This is actually a, a World War II game that I play, Hell Let Loose. Mm. I think it would be a really cool horse name. Would you do H-E apostrophe? No. L-L? No, Just no, Hell. Hell Let Loose. Um, and then... I was listening to the, the drums on Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. put me in a certain place. And I yeah. was thinking about that would be I've Good Times, yeah. Bad Times as a horse you, owner. Yeah. You could win sometimes. You could have to shoot your horse. You could have to kill your right. own horse. The other one, if it's a brown horse, it could be Brown Streak. Mm. Ah. Like like poopy diapers. That's good. That's good. i got to be honest, guys. I think I'm going to wipe the floor with Because nothing goes away faster than a poopy diaper. Uh, the other one, D.B. Cooper. Who's D.B. Cooper? He's out of here. Yeah. He's gone. Who is D.B. Cooper? D.B. Cooper his, his was fled. the guy that hijacked a, an airplane in 1971. It was, a, it was a Northwest Airlines flight, and he was wearing a suit and glasses. He looked mm-hmm. like a men in black type dude. Mm-hmm. He, he called the stewardess over, and he said, I have a bomb. Uh, tell the pilots we're, we're landing in Reno, mm-hmm. and uh, I want 200000 in cash. And I need four parachutes in mm-hmm. case the one parachute they give him was a dud. Mm-hmm. So he ends up jumping out of the back of the air. How would he know? He would check them all. In I mean, the air? yeah. So they land in <laughs> Reno. DB Cooper got an airplane to drop people off in it Reno. Seems like this this one's a dud. Gone. And then they took back up. He's they, in the galley holding they took back off, at gunpoint. And he jumped parachutes. out of the plane, Chris. <laughs> he told them, fly as low as you can and as slow as you can. He jumped out the back of the plane and nobody ever found DB Cooper. He's dead. He is now. Yeah. So that's D.B. Cooper. Um, and then this is a great song. It's actually our layup line. Turn it on, turn it up, turn me loose. Mm. Uh, Rasteed Wallace. Oh, jeez. I like the, I like the direction <laughs> we're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, write that one down. Yep. Tony Bennett, good. <laughs> like Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could be the crooner, could be mm-hmm. the uh, Pac-Man D extraordinaire. Uh, Nick Foles, <laughs> Horace Diaz, spell, spell a little yeah. Horace <laughs> Diaz, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's good. Okay, Woman of War. <clears throat> yeah, good. So the thing about the Woman of War is a um, antiquated sport, barbaric sport, progressive move here, going Woman of War. You know, now, Secretariat. The, yeah, sure. Administrative assistant. Yep. Now, uh, hmm. so, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just like stab me. Um, the, uh, the thing about Woman of War is only going to race during menstruation. Mm. Okay. And there's a way you can manipulate a uh, horse's menstruation. I can talk about periods if it's not, you know. Horse periods, though. Yeah, it's, is... it's horses. Ooh, Antietam. Uh, Pretty good name. Yeah. <laughs> Manipulation of the estrus cycle. There are several management tools used to bring about the onset of the breeding season or to alter the estrus cycle itself. The most reliable method used to induce ovulatory season is the use of artificial lights to alter the mare's perception of day length. It's kind of like the seasonal depression lights. So you get it there but quicker? They get, they get the horse periods going. And then as soon as it's that time of month, we're going to the, uh, Put the blinders on. twin spires. And we're running. Uh, oh, do I have any more? No. Okay. Uh, Churchill, like Churchill ups. 
May 12th at noon, we have our talent search. I've been criticized for calling it a talent show because we don't know if there's any talent there. Well, I didn't mean to criticize you. No, I just, I didn't make it up. Yeah, I was Look, more, I think I was criticizing like Kingston. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but my, my whole thing is like, don't expect anything out of this. Like, you got to be really good. It's going to be a lot of you that I'm going to be like, hey, you're, you're cool. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you listening to the show. Don't come here thinking the bar is low. Like, we may hire somebody. We may put somebody in the fold. We may, we may bring a fan into the family. But you got to be good. You got to be real good. So, noon, May 12th, 12th uh, at Star Hill in Charlottesville. I heard a couple people that were considering coming from like out of state. Wouldn't advise you to do that. I the would. chances of you <laughs> being a part of the show out of state, it's pretty low. No, nah, we'll we'll pay. A couple we'll, of the guys are like, "Yeah, I'll move." Pay their moving expenses. Yeah, okay. You got to be good. Okay, I'm I'm pulling for you, but we'll have fun no matter what. Like we get to meet you. I mean, you know, see who you guys are, guys and gals. Okay. 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 If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, like I probably would, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. They're essentials for me. I mean, whether it's a little bit dark at softball at night and I want to look cool out there at second base, need to eliminate a little bit of the glare from those really bright lights, or if I'm out on the river and I want to keep the sun out of my eyes, uh, they're great looking shades. They're functional, uh, they're durable. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code GREENLIGHT for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it for yourself. These shades have been rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Yeah, we need gliders. Danny DeVito. This one's yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Danny DeVito. Got some, Danny DeVito. Got some density to him. Yeah, but you know what? It's, uh, yeah. 
I went. Tra- if the horse trains with Danny DeVito and then we give him like, um, I don't know, um, Muggsy Bogues, then he's he's going to be like ready. Yeah. I went Isla Fisher, uh, Amy Adams, or Jessica Chastain. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Why Jessica Chastain? Why not? Yeah, you're right. Well, Wild card Woody Harrelson, I think, Ooh. would be a good jockey. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the bigger side. So you didn't look at Tyler? Woody Harrelson, yeah. who's also brothers with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that's Evidently. right. Read about that. Evidently. Which is just like, yeah, oh, it oh, oh. makes sense why True Detective was so good. Take it with a grain like of salt. Like if you and I did a cop movie yeah. together, mm-hmm. we would be so dark and twisted and yep. hate each other. Horse yep. name, yep. Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. That's good. You guys got oh anything? oh Matthew McConaughey is for horses. Yeah yeah, yep, yeah, yeah got yeah. it. Anything else, guys? Yeah, I have jockey names. Uh, Let's not fuck this Dan Campbell podcast up too bad. Okay, so I think I was thinking about just popular short people. The first guy that came to mind was Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. and then I went for people that actually ride horses. So remember Spider, the white kid, Miles Spider Socorro from Avatar. Yeah, he, Spider he fucked everything up. Yeah, but he rode dragons and shit. Yeah, he's small enough, okay. young enough. Yeah. Limber enough. Mm-hmm. He can ride a horse. Sure. Uh, and then there's this guy that, you know, Scott, Jersey Scott, was telling me, Jersey Joe Bravo. He's got 5,400 wins in New Jersey. It's a Scott submission. I just had to get it in there and get it off my chest. The other one, Mike Glennon. <laughs> the quarterback from Virginia Tech? Yeah, and, and many NFL teams. Wait, did, he did Mike go to – he went to NC, NC State. State. NC State, yeah. Yeah. Sean Glennon's coming Sean to Sean Glennon, our, Virginia uh, Tech. Mike Glennon, Sean's NC State. Sean's coming to our golf tournament. There's a reason Russell Wilson had to transfer. It's because of my guy, uh, Mikey G. Okay. Um, so, Mike Glennon, you don't want a muscular guy. You don't want a dense guy. But you want a guy who could potentially see dangers up ahead. So, you get the skinniest, tallest guy you could get. Oh, that's good. Mike Glennon. Smart enough to be a quarterback, skinny enough to run. Now, nobody has said Vern Troyer. You know? <sighs> um why don't they let dwarfs race these um, these horses? It's like PEDs, Chris. Think about it. Little little pe- people. Well, yeah, I, th- I think you can say dwarf. Uh, which brings me to our next one. Uh, I think so. You just can't say the other one. Jeffrey yeah. Epstein. I'm a little worried about it. <laughs> What's up? Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> oh, Jeffrey Epstein. How old Epstein. is the horse, though? Uh, nice. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Okay, next. How about an actual giraffe? On top of the horse. <laughs> Jeff Garcia. Why? Because we have quarterbacks on the list, and I feel like he might have some heritage there. Yeah. And he's little. Yeah. And muscular. Chip mm-hmm. Kelly, mm-hmm. he could motivate a horse to play faster than any horse has ever played before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Muggsy Bogues, Maradona, rest in peace. I feel like he would have been a badass jockey. I don't know who that is. Diego. Diego Maradona. Maradona. Soccer. Soccer. Maradona. And then, the guy. Yeah. Maradona. And then uh, yeah. Greta Thunberg. Maradona. Yeah. Yeah. Maradona. Maradona. Oh, you know what? That'd be a good name for a horse. Does Greta Maradona. Mare. Yeah, so I think that was a pretty good list. Like, we did pretty well. I, and we all had three yeah. different styles of going at it. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Take Steed it. Wallace. Yeah, well, yeah. And he drives a Bronco, ironically. Really good. <laughs> What were your, do we have any best dress? Uh, any, any favorite not really. threads? Everybody, I mean, it's easy to dress at the, the derby. You just wear some it's bright easy, outfits, It is right? easy to dress, but it's hard to pull off a look that's unique. I thought one guy who did that was Cam Jordan. I loved his, his coral in there. He's wearing some coral. Josh Allen had some coral camo. But the pants for Cam Jordan, the little diamond, the gold diamonds on the, yeah. on the light pants, it looked really classy. Yeah. 
Who had a better, I mean, what's harder to dress for the coronation or the derby? Derby, easy. Well, Meghan Markle had to put on a whole disguise. Did you see that? <laughs> she was jogging. No, no, no. She was there? I don't think she was up there. old man. Oh, is that? Pull up the that's picture. What, that's Pull what up the picture. Really? Allegedly, Meghan Markle snuck into the coronation disguised as an old, withery, gray. What's the point, though? Like, why would she want to do that? I don't know. I, you know, like, I'm not flying halfway around the world for a party where people hate me. Right. She's I, trying to fuck with some people. She's got Oprah money, though. I she saw her just... jogging. Us Weekly had her jogging, jogging during the coronation. Does she have a body double? Dude, that does not look like her at all. Well, yeah, it's just a well. It's like uh, Dirty that, Grandpa. Who is that? You know, the, oh, the people who that's threw Mr. Dirty Doubtfire, Grandpa. dude. <laughs> dude, that's that's not her. Like, how Hello? is that even a thing? Is that, is that even a thing? That's a thing. That's actually a thing. That's, that's a, a horse name. Hello. <laughs> that Meghan Markle put on this outfit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Under that is Meghan Markle. You know, after this weekend, we should yes name no. the horse. Yes or no? Yes or no? Um, no, I, if that was Heidi Klum under there, would you say yes? And she dresses yes. up as like worms and stuff. Yes, with the suit on. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, yes, sandworm Heidi Klum. Yes, <laughs> ten out of ten. The glasses are well placed. This character is so funny looking that somebody would have had to come up. Heidi with Klum will try her hardest not to look hot at Halloween, yeah. and she looks hot. You know, same. Yeah, same. Hey, the reason we sound different from in studio with Dan Campbell is that we're on location at the uh, golf tournament benefiting uh, Chris Long Foundation. Waterboy is going to be a heck of a couple days. Go to waterboys.org to get involved. Yeah. Donate it's a, a couple of chickens. out here in Charlottesville. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. On Kyle's team, he literally recruited the uh, <laughs> the course champion at the course on we which are they're as playing. Well making a charitable donation to Waterboys. Well, we encourage you to do the same. This reminds me of like one of those years that everybody's hurt, like you know when Kevin Durant got hurt and the Raptors won the whole thing. You'll be you'll be Kyle Lowry, not Kyle Long, if you guys win this thing because Sam Bradford mm. couldn't make it. And so Sam's not here. We have a chance. Exactly, and a lot of people are saying. I'm glad he's not here. What people don't realize about Sam is that he actually belongs to, like, all the best places. And he doesn't live in any of these places, but he can go there and play. Like, I went to the coolest course I've ever been to in Georgia. I'm not going to name the course, but, like, his locker was there with his hunting boots. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Sam might be the coolest guy ever. Yeah, most interesting man in the world. And I'm glad you're not here, Sam, because we're going for the gold. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I'm excited about the golf tournament. I, 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 I don't golf. Uh, so I'm gonna ride around and check in on everybody. But I try you to look, look like a golfer. Part. I try to you look, look the part. Great. Yeah, I even I have an even better golf outfit. Is there a hood on the back of that? Yeah. So I'm a hoodie mm. cut off hoodie guy. Like I I bought this on a golf site, mm-hmm. um, which means that it's acceptable for golf. I got a t-shirt on underneath. Nice. Yeah, Peter Millar, Peter Millar Peter makes Millar. it. Um, and I got some khaki shorts as well. So I think this is uh, Peter Millar. Nice. Look at you and me. But yeah, that's uh, it's coming up. We got a lot of great, um, you know, celebrities here: Brent Selleck, AJ Feely. Uh, we've got some Virginia Tech guys. We had some Hokies down. Going to get Eddie, Eddie Royal. Royal. Um, we got Johnny Hecker, former Denver Bronco. Uh, I don't know who else I'm forgetting. Matt Slater was here yesterday for the board meeting. Um, 
you've got Jordan Cornette, just, um, Johnny Hecker, yep. um, EJ Manuel. Yep, EJ Manuel. Yep. Kyle's going to play all those guys in a par three, yep. the three EJ's hole here. contest EJ's later. Here. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so, My you know, I, 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 I do want to give a St. Louis Memorial Award to Matt Slater, though, for coming in for just a board meeting. Connector flight. He's got four kids under seven. Well, he's got to wake up tomorrow for Bill Belichick. And he flew in and he flew out just to sit in the board meeting for 10 hours. So big shout out to Matt Slater. Guy's got four kids and more rings than kids. Yeah, that's interesting. What were you going to say, Will? Well, I just took a, you know, took a day off from parenting. We all need to get away from time to time. Yeah, for sure. That was part of, I think, the equation maybe for him. His dad was the first guy to ever really instruct me in the lawn. Really? No, it's Saddleback. It's Saddleback. He showed up to practice and did like a clinic. Yeah. I was just like a kid in the crowd. Did he know you were? Uh, I, yeah, he, he knew, but he didn't like act yeah, like any yeah. different. Yeah. I was just like Jackie Slater. Yeah. But Where do I get that my hat water boy's water. hat? It's a, Can I get that hat? Yeah, it's a it's a party favor. You guys are gonna get it. I just nice. got it first. Great. Okay. Yeah. Fits well too. Uh-huh. Really good. Uh-huh. I'm glad we could do this, guys. Hey, I'm gonna green light diets because I put some pants on for the wedding hadn't put on in about nine months and it was a bad time. <laughs> So I'm gonna do ten thousand steps a day this week. No wow. bread. Yeah, tons of water. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop with the bullshit here for a little bit. Also, we took Zoe Rabbit to the doghouse, two G's, groomer, shout out Ray. Ray was like, ah, Zoe looking a little big, you know? Yeah. So we're gonna cut back on Zoe. Actually, do you remember the green cups that said happy thirtieth birthday, Chris? Yeah. There's like a dinosaur eating a dinosaur. Yep, I remember those. Your wife had them made. Well Eight we years ago, Jesus. We lost uh, Zoe's uh, cup for her food. And so I went with the Happy Birthday Chris cup. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it's a lot bigger than the cup I had been using. Yeah, it's hard to get the dog's snout in there. So she's been, uh, well, no, you pour it into the dish. Oh, you pour it into the dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you she's been eating. What you're exactly. I thought you were having a dog She's been eating 20% more food for yeah. like six months. So she and I are going to be on a diet. She's and on I'm a birthday diet. Y'all, I'm going to red light uh, the fear of screwing up. Because at this wedding, my man, uh, Jesus-like figure at the pulpit, you know, like yeah. a priest or something. Yeah. Uh, he tries to say, as you embark on this journey, and instead he said, as you bark on this journey, and then, and then he said, as you embark, pause, and then he went, roof, roof, and it was hilarious. <laughs> the priest the guy, instead of saying embark on oh, the journey, good. he said bark on the journey. Then he made fun of himself, that's and he good. actually barked, and he brought yeah. the house down. So you're red-lighting him? I'm red-lighting being scared of fucking up. Just go yeah. out there. Yeah. Fuck up, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'll agree with you because uh, I was in a wedding and they were like, do you, do you have anything to say so we can put time aside you know, for the planner? And I was like, no, I don't. Because I knew that like eight other guys would stand up drunk. And they all did. And they all said great stuff. But the ones who didn't say things smoothly, they had a cell phone with them and they were like looking at their notes. Yeah. I was like, get up. Say the one thing that you want to say. Rock it from the heart. And get the fuck out of there. No, right. here's the rule. Because we're all sitting there like eating like, oh. Here's the rule. And Macon had it down last year at this, um, at this golf tournament when he was the auctioneer. That before we dropped him on National Auctioneer's Week for a new auctioneer. <laughs> um, you got to take a shot. It's like prison rules. You got to take a shot at the biggest guy in the room. Yep. He did that with Howie Long last year and made fun of his sketchers. Mm-hmm. I remember I gave a wedding speech and told um, my friend Kenny's mom, who was addicted to methamphetamine, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the speech, and it was a riot. You yeah, because it's probably not true. Because meth yeah. is serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, but then, you know, from there, it's smooth sailing. You got to get that first laugh. You got to take a shot at somebody or plan a laugh. 
or plan a laugh like you did at your wedding. Yeah. He yeah. told a Blues Brothers joke, and thank God you uh, you planted a laugh because I was the only one. Hey, I was setting the tone for the rest of the marriage, all right? Yeah. Things are not going to be conventional here. Yeah. Here's what's conventional about the Greenlight Pod, having great guests. We've got Dan Campbell today. Uh, had him last week. Yeah, he was great. You were in California playing beautiful courses. Yeah. Um, but Dan was great. I mean, he really was. He's, here's a guy that we've sent a log of Copenhagen. And, and he was super appreciative. Yeah, and he talks about it on the uh, the podcast here. So um, enjoy Dan Campbell and enjoy not having to listen to us for an hour and a half today because I just don't have it. I'm too busy. Here's what my weekend was. I, I went. I hit the river Friday with, with Reed, came home, watched <laughs> basketball with the kids. Then Saturday I had like seven baseball games. It felt like seven. Um, and then uh, I, then I had to go camping with my kids, which was awesome. I took the kids camping. Um, we rented a little van. I'm getting my RV next week. Congratulations. Yeah, nice. We're going to have to do a review, a video review. A new RV? Thor, four winds, 24 feet. Kyle, you're <laughs> welcome um, to, to join us at some point. Um, but it's camping season. <laughs> the kids were so happy. Um, it was awesome. Shout out to Tom. We went out to his farm by the river. Shout out to uh, Kate. She dominated her OC half marathon yesterday. Oh, really? Um, yeah, 13.1 miles. Mm-hmm. And she did it at 8.45 pace. Damn. After a week a weekend of partying and big dinners. And God damn. Dominated. God damn. Proud of her. Genetics on your kids are going to be insane. Well, here's Dan. And uh, check out waterboys.org. Uh, we're going to go play golf. And uh, we will see you later in the week. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money save and invest in stock and bitcoin cash app however does not provide a dry pair of pants you want to remember that when you get off the river try the number one finance app in the app store whether sending spending saving investing splitting tipping donating or gifting that's money and that's cash app download cash app from the app store or google play store today to create your own cash tag Good news. The Thursday show we do with AMP will continue 4.30 every Thursday. The Greenlight team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston. Uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat. We'll answer. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall uh, every Thursday at four thirty on AMP. Uh, check us out. Athletic Greens. I take AG One by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG One a try because I wanted to improve my gut health, boost my energy, enhance my immune system, and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. All great athletes have one thing in common: they take care of their bodies. And now, we podcasters at Greenlight are getting on the AG1 train. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients 
that give me key daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. I get up every morning, the first thing I do is uh, I, I mix in some AG1 with some water, that's all I need, tastes great. Uh, it definitely has improved my digestion, keeping me regular, sorry if that's TMI, but I'm feeling good. I think it's helped my energy level. I think there's a, a ton of ways that AG1's helped me and I probably have no idea. That's the great thing about this. It's going to surprise you. Your life's going to get better in ways that you don't even realize. Ready to take on my day, ready to hit the record button on the podcast, ready to go. Also, the cost of AG1 is less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. That's athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Check it out. This is the day we've all been waiting for. We are like, I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm kind of a Lions fan in here, and a lot of it has to do with this guy. So it's good to have Dan Campbell on the podcast. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's it's good to have you on. Um we start the show with a layup line. It's basically like we pick a song to get the get the party started, to get get the the people at home woke up for the podcast. We know you're a Skinner fan, okay? So we need you to pick a Leonard Skinner song, maybe your favorite, to be today's layup line. Oh my god! Well, when you said that, the first thought was Freebird, but that's that's more of a uh, let, let's calm it down a little bit. Let's. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty um, good for. It, 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 it heats up after a little bit. It, it does. It does. So, I, look, I would have to say that would be the first one I thought of when you said that. Okay, so. Okay. good. We'll go Freebird today. My kids love Freebird. Every time we get in the car, it's free, and they're four and seven, so they're off to a good start. Um, so we got Freebird for layup line today. Coach, I got a lot of questions for you, but uh, is this true? This is one of my, my uh, favorite things I read about you, that you said you would live in an RV if you didn't have a family. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's a very simple way to live. Uh, and it, it's easy. I mean, it, it just is. And look, I said this before, it's not like I'm roughing it. You know, what what, what I was in before uh, is, you know, I, I had a stove, man, I, I had a little shower, I had a bed, I had satellite TV, I had my little grill that I could just roll out uh, yeah. my lawn chairs. But yeah, man, I, I, uh, I absolutely would. Yeah, I'm going to pick up a Thor four wins tomorrow, Dan. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, so 24-footer. I'm psyched. And I actually – we share that fraternity because I absolutely would live in a mobile home <laughs> if I didn't have a family. My wife knows it. Uh, and uh, sometimes I, I, I think about maybe just <laughs> scooting off for a couple of weeks. Um, you just got done with a great draft, man. Uh, you know, like I know running back's not a position that some people value very highly, but – you guys, the way the way your run game is is such a weapon. So well coached. Shout out to Hank Fraley, my my guy, um, and a great offensive line there. What goes into making that decision to take Gibbs at twelve? And were you worried that somebody was going to leapfrog you? Yeah, look, we, uh, you know, Brad and myself, you know, along with the personnel department coaches, um, man, we we were we really liked Gibbs early in the process. You yeah. know, uh, he really stood out to us. And uh, when we saw him, we, we thought of him, you know, it wasn't running back that we saw. We saw weaponry. Um, and, you know, he reminded me of a lot of, uh, of AK, certainly. Yeah. Um, 
You know, when I was at the Giants, I had we had played with Tiki Barber, you know, in this kind of mold of these backs that can do more than just carry the ball, you know. I, I, and, and so that's how we thought of him. And the other thing about him that was unique was when you think about how he he meshes uh, and the fit that he'll have with uh, with Montgomery, man, with Dave Montgomery, you know, yeah. and, you know, this is very much a, a two-back system in the fact that we're going to ask guys to do what they do well, and they're both going to be a, a big part of this offense. Now, I know Montgomery's definitely going to be, and I would assume Gibbs is. That's why we drafted him, but, you know, he, he's going to have to – he's going to have to earn his touches too now. Um, yeah. But, man, we, we just thought it was a good fit. And, yes, I was very much worried that somebody was going to get him. We were worried somebody was going to trade up and get him, if not just take him uh, once we slid back to 12. How about the the linebacker y'all took Campbell out of, um, I think, Iowa? Um, he looks like a bit of a throwback. You know, like he can play blocks and he's big and physical. Um, I know that position's changing. I was just talking to Brandon Bean yesterday about that, and I know they value linebackers up in Buffalo. Uh, what goes into to spending that kind of capital on a guy uh, who can play in the box? And, you know, how does a guy improve where he can get out in a matchup with maybe your other first-round pick? Uh, because I know he's going to get some good work against Gibbs early on in his career. Yeah, look, uh, Campbell, he was another guy we had it rated uh, very high. And, uh, you know, it wasn't – we didn't feel like it was a real deep class of linebackers. Uh, and we certainly wanted to add competition in that room. Um you know, we like where Alex Anzalone's at, and we're glad to have him back. Rodriguez, for a young buck, man, really came on. I love um, him. And, and Barnes is is uh, continuing to grow. Uh, but we felt like we needed to add some competition in there. And, look, Campbell was the highest-rated player we had left on the board um, at that at that point uh, in the yeah. draft. And we really, we really liked him. And I think what it was is, yeah, you know what kind of football they play at Iowa and what they're playing against. But, man, he is a big – long athlete I mean this guy can run I mean his change of direction is is better than I think a lot of people realize and and really what it is he just hasn't dealt with a ton of all right here you go man you're matched up in coverage you know that'll be an element where he's gonna you know he's gonna need to develop continue to come along but I we we all felt like it's something he's gonna be able to do because he's got in his body yeah and you mentioned Malcolm Rodriguez, that guy, we're big fans of his from Hard Knocks. Uh, and then watching him get some time early, I think it spoke to how what y'all thought of him being a late round pick and then getting those kind of snaps early. I, um, you know, like Hard Knocks, was that, was that tough, you know, for you being a younger head coach, uh, managing the, the distractions and that sort of thing? Or was it a breeze and do people make too much of it? Yeah. Well, I, look, I'll be the first to say I was not, uh, I was not really excited to to have them uh, before they got here. You know, I was, and I tried not to be a turd about it. But but I know there was days where you know Shannon, God bless her, you know she she handled it well. But um, but I'll say this, man, they're professionals. They did a great job, and I mean, within about two or three days, you don't even really realize they're around. Uh, you just they're part of the scenery. Um, and and they you know they they did a heck of a job so you know we we uh listen it, it it was good they they did what they needed to do we did what we needed to do and and uh it worked out yeah that's how we found out that you needed some copenhagen uh, <laughs> so are, are you are you loaded up are you good 
I listen. I'm I'm pretty good. I try to stay at least four cans ahead, but but believe me, <laughs> I, I'll never turn down free Copenhagen. So okay, we'll keep we'll keep the care packages coming. Um, and 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 this is one for me, man, because I had to give up coffee. It just made me too jittery. But when I played, I'd have like five cups a day, especially when I played in New England. I think it was like seven cups a day because they don't have any windows in that fucking facility. And, you know, Bill's got those Sean Payton meetings going. Um, so <laughs> um, I'm wondering how many milligrams of caffeine do you think Dan Campbell takes in in a, in a, in a day? Man, I, I I couldn't tell you a lot more than I should. I, I do know that, man. I I'll start the day off with those two big old cups, uh, those venti cups, and uh, and then and they're double shotted. And then I still drink. I'll drink through throughout the day, you know. So yeah. after that, maybe an hour later, I'll go. The, actually, the best thing for me is is when the season gets here in practice. Like this time of year, you know, the players they're lifting. That's great, but we really don't have them right now. So yeah. it, it's just an endless an endless amount of coffee throughout the day. It's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> you also day, Starbucks somebody's just going to find me on the floor, you know. And, <laughs> but Twitching. <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, with, uh, with the defensive backs this year, you guys loaded up. Uh, it, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was a great player for my birds last year, uh, and, you know, Sutton Mosley, you re-sign Moore, you re-sign Harris. And then Brian Branch, um, who's an in-division trade. Uh, those are a little bit rare. How's that dance go when you when you go, uh, you know, call a, a division rival and say, hey, we'd like to move up? Yeah, well, man, I think the days of, um, you know, Brad, Brad, we, we talked about this. And, you know, that was always a no-no. Um, man, you don't ever do that. You don't, don't, don't give any ammo back to your division opponent. But yeah. But I think, you know, it, more than anything, it's about, listen, if it's a fair trade and you trust the partner that you're dealing with, uh, as, as Brad did, then it's, um, man, it's worth it. You know, I think if both sides win, you know, what does it really matter? So I, I think that uh, certainly we're a lot more open to that. You know, we, we traded last year with Minnesota uh, to come up and get Jameson Williams. So, yep. um, you know, we're, you know, Brad's open to that. And uh now there'll be there can be circumstances where there, it could be too rich and, yeah. and you don't want to give too much to your uh, division opponent. But listen, we're we're open to it. And uh, to your point, man, to be able to uh, obtain Branch, man, he's a heck of a player. I mean, this is one of the best tackling DBs. Uh, you know, I would argue he was the best one this year, but he's one of the best I've seen in a long time. I mean, when he gets his hands on on uh, a you know, offensive players, receivers, backs, they're going, they're going to the ground. Uh, he's yeah. as sure tacklers you're going to find. He's a ball hawk. He's got a nose for the football. So yeah, he's wired the right way. You know, we were fired up to be able to acquire him. We thought he would have been gone uh, by then, but uh, it was just, it was too good to pass up. We had to go get him. How about Jared Goff with the addition of Hendon, uh, Hendon Hooker? I feel like Jared Goff from the little bit I've been around him and a lot of mutual teammates from L.A. speak so highly of him. You can tell he seems like the right guy to bring in a rookie quarterback with because he's going to have the right attitude and he's going to bring that guy along. Uh, what went into that thought process for y'all? Yeah, you know, we we always, you know, we, we did go into this offseason saying that we wanted to bring in some competition at quarterback. Yep. We didn't know exactly where that might be, who that would be at the time. 
but we did like Hooker. Um, yeah. You know, we knew he was coming off the injury, but there was something about him uh, that was appealing. Uh, you know, he's very mature. Uh, he looks the part. He's got a big arm. You know, he's he's just he's got to learn how to play in the NFL. But he's he's a he's a pro now. And I like the fact that he was older. We all kind of like the fact he was older. I think you want your quarterback to be a little bit more mature. They got a lot on yeah. their plate. So, yeah. um, but to that point, to be able to get him where we did, you know, we we traded back twice and we were still able to acquire him. Um, we felt like that was everything played out just the right way for us. Uh, we were excited. And, and to your point, yes, golf – Golf is is going to handle it well. I mean, he knew Brad had called him, and and uh, he's he's great, um, and he'll help this guy just learn and grow. And and really, this is a red shirt year for him. He's got to get yeah. this leg right first, and then and then he'll learn uh, he'll learn under Jared, you know. And then he, let's see what happens, you know. If he can eventually become your two, or maybe down the road later on, it's more than that. But that's it's going to be a long time. How important was keeping Ben Johnson around? I mean, I, I was so energized by that, you know, rooting for you guys. And he's such a great coach, young coach in the NFL. And uh, I know he had some maybe some opportunities, but he said, I'm staying here because we're building something and I love being here. Uh, seems rare. I mean, how'd you feel when he made that call? Listen, I was excited. And, and uh, I told Ben I would do anything I could to help him get to the next level, you know, to take that next step. Um, as long as that's what he wanted. Um, but I also made it very clear that I didn't want to lose him, you know? So, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to be that guy that ever felt like I was holding you back, but I, but I wanted to help him. Um, but man, when he said that he, he, he was going to come back with us, um, I was ecstatic. Um, yeah. because anybody who's sat in this seat, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says, man. The most important thing that a head coach does is hire his staff. And it's yep. about your staff yep. and the people around you. Because without the right staff, you were nothing, in my opinion. Yep. Um, at least I know for sure for me. It, you have to lean on those guys. And so be able to get him back uh, is huge, man. He is a, he's a hard worker. He's creative. He's smart. He knows how to communicate. And he alleviates a lot of pressure on me. You know, I sleep, I sleep real good at night knowing that he's uh, the head of that offense. You won eight of your last ten down the stretch last year. I think all of America was rooting for you to get into the playoffs. Have you thought about how much you're going to reference, hey, guys, eight and two last year? I know it's a different group, but the confidence that they gained to know that they do belong versus, hey, we got to turn the page. We got to earn it again this year. This is a new season, and we can't rest on anything we did the year prior. Well, Bacon – that's what you bacon. Uh, I, look, it's a great question because I would say both. I think you have to use both. I, I think there's a there. We did some things the right way. We played the game a certain way. Uh, we were we were playing smart football. We took we took care of the football offensively. I mean, we led the league uh, with the least amount of turnovers. Uh, and most of that happened in that 10 game stretch. And then yeah. defensively, we started getting takeaways. So that, I don't care what team you are, that, that's always going to be the most important component is, is the takeaway, uh, ratio, turnovers and takeaways. So, um, that, that's got to be a part of our DNA for sure. Um, and I do think it's part of us, man. The core of this team has really been here for the last, you know, two years going on three, you know, the, 
Taylor Decker and Ragnow, and then the Young Bucks that we got, Aleem McNeil and and St. Brown, Sewell. Um, yeah. And so, man, they understand where we've come from and all that we've had to go through. And, you know, we just – I mean, we, we, you talk about hard times, man. We, we were fight, we were trying to fight our way out of everything. And, but the guys never, they never quit swinging. And, and that's, man, that's a credit to them. That's part of, of who they are. And we can never lose that, you know, and we can never forget where we were at. Um, you know, even last year, man, one and six, man, you know, you're counted out. Times are tough. It's not good, but the guys never gave in. They just kept going. So that, that's got to stay part of us. Now, the, the eight and two stretch, that winning stretch down the man, if we don't go back and, and, and get back to where we were and all the little things we did and the work that we put in, the detail that we put in to get back to that and then surpass it, then we'll never be better than we were. We'll have another nine win season. You know, we'll be average. Uh, yeah. and so we have to get to that point and then surpass it to get, to get to where we want to go. Well, teams got to learn how to win too, you know, um, and some of that takes the, you know, the losing and, you know, one in six start, but a lot of close games. And I just feel like, it, you know, as the, as the season went on, you could see guys learning how to win. What goes into learning how to win for a team and learning how to finish? Yeah. You know, coach Parcells used to say it to us all the time. And, and then Sean Payton said the same thing, but it's the only way to learn to win is to win. Like you, you have to get in those moments and all the little things that you preach, um, you know, about, man, now it's crunch time and the heat is truly on and everybody's watching it. And this, anything, any play that is made, good or bad, is magnified times 10. And yeah. um, and and to understand, man, you got to revert back to the little things, the fundamentals, the details. Like your teammates got to be able to count on the fact that you're going to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Um because really that's what was going on with us early in the year. You know, we, we had some guys that were making mistakes and our, our more dependable players were trying to overcompensate. Right. Right. You know how that know, goes, yeah. man, I'm, I'm going to do my job and yours. And then yeah. what they did was put a stress on another teammate over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we were able to get back to where, man, we gained some trust guys were doing it the right way. And uh, you know, and it paid dividends down the, down the uh, backstretch. What changed for the for the defense, especially the defensive backfield? I know, I know the kind of guy you are. It's probably hard to let people go, and you know, I know Aubrey Pleasant, uh, great coach, great guy. Uh, but you know, sometimes you got to make changes. As a former player, knowing what goes into this business a little bit differently than maybe another head coach, how hard is it to let guys go and, and to make those calls? And then what happened once that defensive backfield changed things up a little bit? Yeah, listen, it was it was extremely difficult because uh, I said it then, I'll say it again. Aubrey Pleasant is a hell of a coach. And, I mean, that's the bottom line. The man can coach. He can teach. It just, you know, it was it's, – it's one of those things where something needed to happen. And uh, that was one of the moves made. And then we shook up the lineup as well. And uh, and we went back to the basics. AG changed up. Uh, really a lot of the style at which we were playing. We were more penetrating early in the year, uh, and we went back to hitting blocks, a little more square, uh, not as much movement. Uh, mm-hmm. We played a lot less coverages. Uh, you could say we were – we were, man, we knew exactly what we were going to be in, what we were doing. Now, you could say you become a little more predictable, but, man, at that point we needed to just – man, everybody's on the same page and let's yeah. line up and say, can you beat us this way? Do you have enough patience yeah. to beat us defensively? 
and it proved to be um, really good for us. Yeah. How important was it, you know, I, one thing you talked about assembling your staff, you know, the first thing I noticed was there's a lot of players, you know, it was Deuce, my dude, Hank, uh, and, and Aaron, and all those guys, like, you guys had this players kind of coaching staff. I know it was intentional on some level. Why? I think if, if when you've when you've played this game, um, and particularly if you're not the the most talented guy, you know um, that's played. Now AG had a lot of talent, but AG was also undersized, you know. Yeah. But when you've had that, and you've had to uh, to lean on all the little fundamentals, man, the technique, the things you've learned from your coaches, from other veterans that you've learned yourself, that you've tweaked with. Uh, and then when you know how to teach it and coach it uh, and you've been around some good coaches, I just think, man, it gives you a whole different perspective. And I think it's something that uh, you can really – it helps you communicate with these players, man. And I think it gives you some instant credibility, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I just – I thought it was important. Now, I, you know, they're not all that way. They're not all ex-coaches. But I did think, you know, I wanted to have a certain amount of them but also, I've said this, when I was looking and thinking about the guys that I wanted to get, these were some of the first guys I just thought of. They popped in my head. Like, I think, right. I think this, is, this is where I want to go with this. I think he'd be a good coach. I think these guys would mesh together. So yeah. um, I think you've got to have a good balance and a good mix of, of different guys on your, on your staff. Coach, you just turned 47 if the internet yeah, looks is good. to be believed. Now, there's no wrong answer here. How old are you in your head? In dog years. <laughs> How old are you in your head? Man, that, uh, that's a good question, too. Uh, <laughs> Turkey bacon's full of them. Well, if I've had something to drink, I feel like I'm about 28. But when I wake up in the morning, I feel about 59. So. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you on that one. Uh, uh, what, what's Dan Campbell drinking if, he gets, if he's going to have a nice uh, – a nice big big rock in the in the cup and gonna have some little liquor or something. What's your well, drink of choice? Listen, and I look. I'll say that it's been a while since I've I've had a nice one. Uh, but probably Jack Jack was always my Jack Daniels yeah. was something yeah. that I was always uh, gravitated to. Yeah, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but no, I yeah. You know, I probably feel my age about right now. Some days a little bit older, some days a little younger, but. Um, I know this, if I don't train or I don't do something to get blood flow in my legs and my, man, I feel awful. Um, yeah. so, so I'm, man, I'm doing good. I, I've got no complaints. Coach, I feel 47 today. I was at, I was at Willie Nelson's 90th birthday festival in LA this weekend and it was fucking awesome. I mean, there's probably a lot of Texas, uh, country stars that you're a big fan of. There, there were a lot of acts out there. You would have loved it. Man, Willie, how was he? He was awesome. I've seen Willie a bunch of times, and yeah. you know, every time you see him, it, he definitely gets a little bit older. I mean, he's ninety years old. What do you expect? But it was awesome. You know, Lucas Nelson, his son, did Angel flying too close to the ground, and then yeah. you had a, you had Lyle Lovett, you had Dwight Yoakam, you had a, a, a whole bunch of. I think George Strait was out there. Uh, it was awesome, man. You would have loved it. it That's was great. good stuff. Yeah, that, who's that your, who's your favorite Texas country artist? Man, um, that that's that's pretty good. Um, that's pretty good. I I would say probably Waylon Jennings. God rest his there soul. You go. Hey, Dan. You know my seven year old. You know what his name is? Waylon. Yep. 
There you go. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, back to football. Um, I don't even know I, where to go from that. Well, well I, I have a question. Yeah, So you're, you're a former player. It comes through like the fire with which you coach and the communication. I think a lot of coaching and leadership is all about emotional intelligence. It's about communication, and you do that well. You can see it. But where does where does being a former player get you in trouble at times where you go like okay I gotta identify this this player of me I gotta tone this down and where and then where do you you think the strength is of being a former player? Um, yeah, I, I you know here's where sometimes and I I would say I had to catch myself more as an er, a younger coach, but you know it, when it when it's you doing it right and you had your coach who's who's pushing you and he's this is what he wants out of you he, he's asking you to do things that that uh, that could be difficult you don't think twice about it you know you're like i'm going to get this done i'm going to find a way to get it done find a way to get it done but but i guess having been in in those shoes at times i remember thinking man this is i'm asking a lot of this guy you know this is tough mm-hmm. this is really really tough um and so just man being careful that you don't you know you got to remember continue to push the player beyond the limits that even yeah. you may think it's hard like you know th- this is a very difficult job um to do and you can't just give them a, an out because you know how difficult it is having yeah. done it or played it, been there uh, in the moment. So that that was something that I always felt like I had to guard against. Um, but I think in the same vein, it's very much because you've done those things and you've been in their shoes and you understand, uh, you know, you remember the speed of the game or the, the tricks of the trade. You understand all those. I think that's where it helps to communicate to the players because you understand what they've been through. Um, yeah. You know how, for example, their body feels in camp. You know how they feel after, you know, you're in week 13 of the season. You're, um, and, and look, for me, honestly, I just try to be, I try to be myself. I try not to coach speak. I really try to just, this is what's on my mind. This is how I feel. And I want them to feel my emotion. Uh, I don't, man, if I don't have something to say, I'm not going to say it. And rarely do I write things down and then I'm up there and I give you my speech and here's my bullet point. I'm just not that guy. Um, I want them to know when I speak, they feel me speak. Uh, otherwise I shouldn't be saying anything. I love that. And then how does that relate to things like clock management, the, the devil in the details, the little things that can be game changers. You've had a young group that has really grown. Do you feel like you've had those moments on the sidelines too that the game has slowed down for you because it's easy for us to watch at home and say, oh, well, time out, time out coach. <laughs> yeah. But you're down there, There's you know, million things down, yeah. distance, clock, yeah. timeouts left. Has, has, has that slowed down for you? Are you seeing that better? I absolutely slowed down. And that, that, you know, that's part of the learning curve. I mean, I'm no different than anybody else. I mean, there's a learning curve here and I've had to learn I've had to learn and grow and I'll continue to do that. I mean, there's, there's still, there's so many things that I know I can get better at um, and that I want to do better. And that's, man, that's time on task. That's, that's watching more tape. That's, you know, I mean, throughout the year, I, every night before the games, I try to watch all these game managements from the week before and, and put yourself in the shoes of this, you know, okay, you're running this game. Well, how are you going to handle this? You know, to your point, are you using the timeout now? Or are you going to hold on to it? Uh, you know, at what point do we start slowing the clock down? Should we challenge this play? Should we? And 
I think just the more times you put your, you know, in your head, you put yourself in those situations, you have an answer in the moment when it comes uh, in real time. But absolutely, it's slowing down. Um, now, am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But I certainly feel a lot more comfortable um, than even I did, you know, early in my first year as a, as a rookie head coach. All right, last question. It's a quick one for you. Um, we have a debate here in, in, in our studio. You know Lemon Lime Gatorade, Coach? You got them around the facility. I do. I do. Okay. What color is that Gatorade? What color is Lemon Lime? It's, uh, it's piss green. Yes! <laughs> yes! Some of these idiots think it's yellow. No, it's piss green. Thank you. <laughs> oh, hey, Coach just said he's not perfect. All right? <laughs> Hey, Coach Campbell, appreciate the time, man, and best of luck to you this year. We'll be we'll be cheering y'all on, man. Hope you come back again. All right, I appreciate it. Pleasure, guys. Have a good yeah. one. Yeah, you the talker, you I'm gonna bite you with my pen.